Kia ora and hello everyone. I am Millie Valentia and you are watching the Kahao Podcast. This is brought to you by the Kahao ETL program for Indigenous by Indigenous. And in here, we are amplifying the stories of successful Indigenous businesses who are actually currently into the journey of being awesome entrepreneurs. And today we have a really amazing guest. He is the former CEO of Putama Trust and the operations manager of Taha Beverages. Welcome, Richard Jones. Kia ora, Richard. Kia ora, kia ora koutou katoa. Hi. So would you tell everyone where about in Aotearoa are you? Um, I am based in Otorohonga, which is about two and a half hours south of Auckland, our south of Hamilton, close to Tauranga and Rotorua. So fairly central location, but uh, live in a very small town. And so I'm well hidden away from everyone. Nice. Um, let's get right into it. Can you tell us something about your business? How did you start about it? I know, are you the one who conceptualized it? Okay, so, so our business, um, I've got a business partner as well, and we are leveraging off uh, traditional knowledge, plant knowledge, uh, Maori plant knowledge, with uh, through the development of a beverage that has got a plant that is called kawakawa, which is a traditional healing medicinal plant that Māori have used for hundreds of years. So this plant, it's you can chew it for toothache, you can put it on help to heal wounds, uh, it cleanses um, uh, your blood. Uh, so it's got a number of sort of magical properties. And so we've innovated with that plant and uh, made a beverage from it alongside of another uh, well-known um, uh, New Zealand plant, uh, manuka, or we use the manuka honey, and also probably more of an Asian type uh, medicinal herb or plant, uh, ginger. So we've got these three key ingredients, kawakawa, manuka honey, and ginger. And we put them all together to develop our drink, uh, like a soft drink, uh, carbonated drink and we call it taha. Nice that is pretty interesting because we have guests in our podcast who's in you know the kawakawa is more on what I thought would be the oils you know the things you put on yeah. your wounds and things like that but you were able to do something that you that those medicinal properties is now infused in a drink. And yeah that's that, right. That I think is pretty awesome so I would like to know what was the motivation in doing this kind of product? Uh, well, um, kawakawa has always been uh, used um, as a tea. So you can pick the leaves. It only grows wild. So it's not commercially grown. So you have to go into the forest and actually hand harvest it. Um, so it's been used, as I said, by Māori for hundreds of years in medicinal plant. But you can um, just pick the leaves put them in hot water, soak them in hot water, and you can either drink it hot as a tea, or what I like to do is put some lime in, cool it down, and just drink it as a cold drink. Uh, so it's it's got lots of uses. You know, it's um, As you said, it's a balm, it's a cream. Mm -hmm. um, you can chew the leaf. Um, it, it's kind of got a little peppery, numbing taste on your on your mouth. So that it's, And it's the kawakawa that really gives our drink something, a bit of a unique taste. Mm -hmm. along with those other flavors uh you know manuka honey and ginger yeah nothing like a refreshing drink that actually heals 
which is pretty awesome. So as you were starting this business, you know, were there any limiting beliefs that you had to overcome? Um, no, we probably a bit unusual. We just uh, got some people to do the formulation and we tested it out. We said, oh, that's, that tastes pretty good. So uh, we got some samples made up and I took them out and I tested them on my kids. And I thought if the kids like it, well, then anyone will like it. And we tested it on friends. It wasn't a very scientific or sophisticated test. We just tested it amongst friends and family and everyone said, yeah, it's, it's tastes really good. So we said, okay, let's do it. And we just uh, produced our first batch, which uh, the minimum amount we can produce is 5,000 litres. That's 15,330ml bottles of, of our drink. So we, we probably did things around the wrong way, but we just went for it, produced this batch, and then we thought, oh, now we've got to try and sell it. So the first batch, we didn't sell it all. Uh, mm -hmm. in time before it, before it expired. It usually has a, a year-long um, best before day. Uh, but it helped get us, you know, it helped get us uh, create awareness and get some exposure. And um, because we didn't sell all of the first batch, we had to put some more money in to get to the next batch. And uh, from there, we started to gain a bit of traction. Um, we got into some, started to get into interest from the supermarkets. So at one stage nice. there, we were in both at New Zealand's major supermarket chains, which is Foodstuffs and Countdown, um, and just started to work it up from them. And both of us had full-time jobs, so we were doing it as a bit of a side hustle as well. So, um, and, and we've just built it from there. It's, it's still a lot of work. It's still a long way to go. We still haven't cracked it, but... Um, I guess what keeps us going is everyone just raves to us about the taste. And, and so what I've learned, if you've got a food product, taste is really important. And we found that out because we had to go to the supermarkets and do sampling, you know, give people tests, you know, let them try it. And everyone just gave us amazing feedback on the taste. So number one for us is that we, had, we knew we had the taste right. And then we start to weave in the story about the kawakawa, the ingredients, uh, how it was you know, used by Māori as a traditional medicine and how it can only be wild harvested. It's not, you know, you can't, uh, you have to go into the forest to pick it. You've got to hand pick it. Um, so those all help uh, back our sort of story up uh, around the beverage. Nice. So it seems like you don't have any limiting beliefs at all. It's just like, let's test it. Let's go for it. So the mentality I see was like that. Yeah, I guess um, ignorance helps as well. We didn't know a lot of things. We didn't know about um, you know, production methods and supply chains and and the all the process you have to go through around food safety, um, dealing with supermarkets, what the supermarkets want from you. So we just learned that as we went along. And uh, yeah, maybe not so much limiting beliefs, but there are certainly no end of challenges. Nice. So you mentioned that you weren't able to sell your first batch and then you were able to get some traction on your second batch. So how, how did you go about the distribution of your product? Because I heard that you can be seen in supermarkets. How did you yeah, go about so, that? Well, basically we had to, the, the supermarkets operate two different systems. The foodstuffs, which is your New World supermarkets, you have to go to every one of those supermarkets and try and convince them 
the category manager to take your drink on. The other one, the countdown, we just had to go to their main headquarters and convince them to take it. Once they decide to take it, it went out to 101 stores. So that the countdown was uh, an easier process than the than the foodstuffs. But with the foodstuffs, once you get to into a certain number of stores, then they let you go through their distribution center. So we had to spend probably almost two years, you know, trying to get it into their distribution. Wow, that is a long journey. You know, I think that. Two years is a long journey to get your products out in the supermarket. Was it worth it? Probably, yeah. Um, I mean, with the countdowns, we went immediately out into all the supermarkets. But with the new worlds, we had to work it and get you know, build up a bit of, um, I suppose, a bit of credibility with them before they'd actually put us through their distribution center. And then there's certain supermarkets that are better than others in terms of your sales that you get. So you get to know that once you once you're in the system, then uh, can can figure out which supermarkets are the better for you. And the supermarkets know this as well. So, so for example, with Countdown, we started off in 101 stores, but now we're in 71 stores, but we've still got the same or greater level of sales. So the drink will sell well in some supermarkets and not so well in others. And the supermarkets know this, so they'll take you out of the ones that are not selling well. And. Mm-hmm. How do you manage your, you know, distributing to supermarket is a lot of inventory work. So how do you manage those inventory activities, knowing that oh, you're in the pretty, operations? Yeah, yeah, that's no, all pretty easy. Um, we've got our main warehouse in Wellington and in Auckland. So once we get our drink produced, it goes to the warehouse. And we just um, let the warehouse know that um, um, where to send it to. And they, they do all the distribution for us. Nice. So we've got a business that we we don't own anything, really. We don't own any warehousing. We don't know, own any production facilities. Um, yeah, we don't know. We own nothing. <laughs> we get others to do it all, basically. And, and I do most of it off my phone. Wow. That means less of the overhead cost. Yeah. Yeah. Our overheads are low. Cost of freight is high because um, mm-hmm. well, that's just gone crazy. You know, freight's, freight's just outrageous. But, true, true. Um, but we can get our drink anywhere to anyone, anywhere in the country within, we say, five days, three to five mm-hmm. days. So where can the people find you? What stores are you in other countries? How far have you, know, have you gone in terms of we, distributing? We export company? a little bit to Hong Kong. And we've been doing wow. that some, for the last few years. And I was hoping that would be, um, you know, give us a bit of a base to launch into, say, China and other uh, Asian countries. So we're in Hong Kong. The sales are small. Um, we have been trademarked. We've got trademark for China. We um, have had interest from Taiwan, Japan, and South Korea. But the issue is around food safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of those countries know about know what kawakawa is. They don't, they've got no idea, and you've got to go through their food safety authorities to get um, to get uh, approved as mm-hmm. um, what they call it. It's called grass status, and that means generally recognised as safe. And so a lot of those countries follow the American Food and Drug Administration regulations, 
And if, if we got into America, then we'd probably be fine with those countries. But because they don't know about Kawakawa, it's been really hard to, to break into them. Whereas Hong Kong, they don't really care about that. They don't seem to care about anything about regulation. So Hong Kong's probably, you know, a lot of stuff goes into Hong Kong and gets re-exported out to other countries. And that's what we've kind of been hoping to do, but we haven't achieved that yet. We, we've basically got to probably have someone represent us in Hong Kong. Oh, so you're going international, which is really exciting. Now, for those who are watching online, who have also, you know, food products, they want to export internationally, what would be the first step that they should take? Yeah, that's, um, that's a, a tricky one. You know, there's agencies like New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Uh, they can give you some free advice. Um, about exporting and the regulations. Um, with us, we probably just lucked out you know, through meeting a Hong Kong person that came to New Zealand and really liked our drink. So that's how we got into Hong Kong. There was no, we didn't follow any sort of defined process. It was more luck, really. Uh, so it's more happened. on it's more on your networks, actually. People yeah. who also liked your product. So taste is really important when it comes to food like what you said definitely yeah now we talked about your products being in brick and mortar stores let's jump into your product now being online yeah so where is your uh, online store net what platform are you using well because i had a lot i had a lack of money i had to build i built it myself uh using the wix platform and I had no idea about how to build a website or anything like that, but I somehow managed to do it on Wix and put up an e-commerce site as well so people could purchase online. Um, so we've been running that, and that's been okay, except you know, I don't really know how to market it properly or I'm not, very, I'm not overly social media savvy. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe that our greatest potential is through online social media type sales. So I've set up a Facebook page and, you know, people can buy off Facebook, but I, I'm just a complete novice. So I've done it all myself, uh, particularly I was amazed that when I did the Wix website that it all worked and I, people were able to buy online from, from us. So that, was, um, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Now let's go back down to memory lane when you were in the Kahau ETL 2021. So... Yep. How did you how did you change or improve your e-commerce store through the uh, process of the Kahao ETL program? Yeah, look, it's um it's still a work in process. So I'm running two platforms at the moment. I'm running the Wix platform and then what I learned from the Kahao ETL program through the Shopify platform. Mm -hmm. And I've sort of been running them side by side, just testing which one's going to be the best one. Um, but where I haven't done well is I haven't been promoting either one of them. Uh, and that was going to be the next phase of the mm -hmm. of the program. Except I don't have any money to go on the next phase, so I've got to find, work out somehow how to how to. I, I need to learn more about how to um, uh, manage the online sales, the online marketing. And but what um, the program Kahawi Tao program just gave me a really good grounding and a really good sense of the possibilities and the potential and the opportunities that exist online. So I was really grateful for that and um, 
I just really loved the program. I thought it was just an awesome program. Uh, the tutors were great. Um, yeah, you got a guy like Travis who's got a lot of energy. He's I found him very inspiring and very infectious with his energy and the excitement that he generates. Mm-hmm. So I really uh, love the program. And what my breakdown is, I haven't sort of followed through with every with a lot of it because um, I'm pretty much a one one man band. I'm doing everything. I'm doing logistics. I'm doing supply chains. I'm getting out there trying to market and sell and trying to run a website and an e-commerce site. So there's a lot going on for me. Um, and it's just a matter of, uh, and we've had a few no end of production challenges. So I've had to you know, manage those sorts of things as well. There's, there's lots of things that don't go right when you're running a business that's got um, a whole lot of moving parts. So I need, I know I need to put more focus and time into the e-commerce side of it, but I will say that the Kahawi Tao program gave me a really good grounding and um, I've just got to put the time in there to make it work. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It really takes time, but you know, it's going to be worth it. And um, the Kahao ETL program, really uh, proud to see your website is, uh, you know, one of the amazing things about e-commerce is you're the one attracting your people to your store. It's not from you going out, but yes, the role of social media, I agree, is very, very important. So if there was an important knowledge shared in the program for you, what would be that great takeaway when you graduated? Oh, yeah, it's uh, probably, there's probably a lot of things. Um, I, I just, um, I just really like the, the learning side of it. You know, it's like going back to school. Um, learning something new that, that's what um, excited me and and some of it wasn't easy for me so you know, just trying to figure it out sometimes I get a bit lost and I'll be re-watching and re-watching the program I think that was the really good thing that you could always go back and, and really study things and, and watch it again and yeah, when it's online, you can almost you can stop it and then wind it rewind it and have a look at it again and particularly with Zahn, with her, with her teachings, you know, I say, what did Zahn say there? Oh, I forgot about that. I better go back and, you know, I really got to check it out again. And, and I was doing that lots. And I think that's what I really liked about the program. It was sort of like at your pace, but you could, um, if you miss something, you could, re- you know, you could just go back to it, learn it again, watch it. There were plenty of examples, um, plenty of um, the tutorials, you know, I, that was just, I thought that was the, the really great thing about the program. Yeah. It's like we know that you're not going to get it on the first time. So you really have to rewatch that and just rewind, you know, if you, you forgot something. Now, um, since you were in the e-commerce space for quite a while now, and you've gone through the Kaho program, you probably have already seen some e-commerce mistakes that is usually being implemented. Now, what are those mistakes that maybe you've done or you've seen others do that you think should be avoided? Oh, yeah. Well, think about that one. I, I know there are mistakes for sure, and I've made plenty of them. I think um, you've got to be... You know, it's a mistake to think that, okay, I've got it all set up and it's just going to happen. You, you've really got to work it and be onto it and uh, be regular, be consistent. 
Um, maybe that's not so much a mistake, but that was a learning for me that I just can't, you can't just let it do it. You know, it's not going to do everything itself, even though they've got automated this and automated that. Um, you've still got to um, have your finger on the pulse and and operate these things. So, so probably not much, so, so much, not so much a mistake, but just a, a key learning. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would say definitely. Now, in terms of you know online strategies or tactics, is there any you know particular strategy that you're implementing right now in your e-commerce store to grow your business? Um, well, I have been trying to um, build my, I mean, uh, keep my customer base engaged. So between the Wix and the um, Shopify, I've probably got about 250 customers or 250 people that have bought online. Now, some are regular, but most aren't. And so it's been trying to re-engage them and entice them and bring them back you know, to to be repeat customers. So there's a few things I've got to try. You know, I've put out a little bit of a newsletter where I've offered some sort of deals. Um, you know, if you don't get your um, delivery within five days, you get X percent off your next order. Uh, we give a, every month, we give out a, we give away a case. If you sign up to the newsletter, wow. um, you know, you get, you go into a draw. I've got a random number generator. I just, play that and whoever comes up, they get a free case of Taha sent to them. So we're, just, we're, and so we're just trying those sorts of things to see whether they generate interest build, and can help build up our uh, newsletter base. So it's still early days yet as to where they work, but I know people definitely like being told, hey, you want a case of Taha. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty fun game. I will go right after this. I'll go visit that. I hope you deliver that to the Philippines. If, well, if ever we, I win. We will try. <laughs> we will try for sure. If we can deliver to Hong Kong, we can deliver to the Philippines. Yay. Now, uh, I've been wanting to ask this since the beginning of the podcast. How is your business doing right now in terms of, you know, size and revenue, if you'd like to share that to yeah, our yeah. online audience? Well, we, we've been really hit by uh, COVID because a lot of our business was from the hospitality and tourism trade. So the tourism trade just completely disappeared. And so did a lot of the hospitality. And by hospitality, I mean cafes, restaurants and bars and hotels. And tourism, yeah, that that just that, that's just gone. It is slowly coming back, and so is the hospitality. I think last week we got our first reorder from the Millennium Hotel uh, Group, so they were ordering a lot from us before COVID, and then it just disappeared. And now they put our put their first order in last week. So the last two years have been bad for us, and. Um, the only thing that's really helped us get through has been the supermarkets because the supermarkets have killed it during COVID. Eh? There's, you know, it, you know, restaurants, bars and cafes and that had to close down, but supermarkets are essential service, so they stayed open. And that's probably what helped us, you know, get through, from just survive. So we're probably, um, I think last year, this, this year just gone was our, our lowest year. I think we made $70,000. Wow. Five figure, $70,000. Yeah. That's really awesome. Congratulations on that. That is for even amidst the pandemic. So, you know, um, I think it's still a, 
an achievement for your company because a lot of businesses have closed during those times. And in the Kahao program, you are also a four-figure awardee. So congratulations on that one. So how did you, how long did it take before you got, you know, the four-figure award in the Kahao ETL program? I know you have five figures last year, but when you graduated, you also have, you know, a short time to build, to generate sales on your new e-commerce store. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that, that just happened. Uh, you know, I put the, sort of started hitting people up with emails and that, and um, the store went crazy for a little while there. And we were, we were able to get um, get the sales, you know. I, I was thinking, oh, well, I might get 200 dollars worth of sales but yeah we, we cracked four figures um which was good but that was just an initial burst of enthusiasm now we're just mm-hmm. going to try and keep that momentum going yeah and um yeah get it back up to five five figures hopefully six figures yeah for sure but yeah. that four figures how long did it take was that in a span of one week two weeks i think it took a couple of weeks yeah yeah, that's not that's not pretty bad. So I just want to ask you, Richard, what are you most proud of about this amazing business? Um, that we're still here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's probably the first thing. For sure. Um, but yeah, look, I, I had to work other jobs as well to keep to help sustain the business, and and if it wasn't for people giving me really good feedback on the taste, I probably may may have given it up. Um. But no, I'm really proud of the fact that um, we've got a business that's got a good, uh, it's got a health component to it. It's got a kind of environmental, uh, what we call tile pro um, component to it. Um, and that, yeah, we get some crazy feedback from people uh, on the drink. Yeah, I've had one person say, oh, I bought your drink and I was driving along my car and I started drinking and it cleared up my sinuses. And I've had people that are undergoing cancer treatment, radio, um, radio, radiation treatment, saying that our drink's one of the few that they can keep down. I've had pregnant women say they like it, it helps them with morning sicknesses, sickness. So we get all this amazing feedback on our on our beverage, and those are the sorts of things that inspire and drive drive me and keep me going. If I wasn't getting that, I'd probably think, hmm, yeah, maybe we've got the wrong product here we haven't got it right we better look at something else now you're doing amazing Richard maybe it's just you know the pandemic is really hitting globally and but I think in my perspective this is a really awesome business that is you know for you to grow and you know just go internationally this has a good market definitely so uh is there any you know effective e-commerce tips and hacks you'd like to share that you think you'll um, learn and will be effective? Yeah, look, I probably do them by mistake. Um, yeah, not sort of realizing that, oh, that's pretty good, that works. Um, I don't um yeah, I don't think I have anything that I, I probably have consciously thought about. Um, but I think it's just been uh, consistent and persistent, you know, um to make to you have to really work at it to to make it work. It's not gonna happen, um, you know. I think some people might think, oh, e-commerce is easy and it just all does it itself. But um, for me anyway, I'm finding that, you know, I've really got to work it. But I know that our greatest earning potential is through e-commerce. 
we get our best value through e-commerce as well. I mean, going into the supermarkets is great, but we're, we're just maybe just covering costs. And so that's a good way to create awareness. But the, the real high value stuff is through comes through e-commerce. So that's, we know that. And so we've got to put a lot more, I've got to put a, a lot more focus on the e-commerce side of the business because that's, I believe, is how we're going to make this business profitable. At the moment, we're just breaking even. Um, so, so, yeah. So your advice will be to continue with the learning and the growing in e-commerce because you think this is, you know, where everybody's leading. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really convenient. I mean, I buy a lot online myself and it's delivered to my home. That's just yeah. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we um, that's what people like about buying our, our product. You know, it gets straight to their door, particularly in you know these COVID times where some people don't feel safe going out, mm -hmm. but that's what we push. You know, we we can deliver, we've got a COVID uh, efficient uh, delivery system. Um, is what we push. Mm -hmm. delivered to your door you don't have to touch anyone you don't have to see anyone you don't have to talk to anyone if you don't want to it just arrives on your door and it's there for you nice so for everyone who's watching and for uh for those who would like to you know purchase and click that buy item put inside a cart thing where can we find your e-commerce store you know what is your website if you can share it to you everyone? just go to uh, taha.nz taha.nz yeah you got and, that guys yeah you can uh, see uh, we've got a, a on the menu get taha and you can just click on that and do your purchase works really well i'm really excited to try it richard i will go ahead after the this podcast and put in you know subscribe to your newsletter and maybe win a case of taha right. beverage that would be awesome well, you can be our sales representative in the philippines Wow, that is a job offer. <laughs> <laughs> we can pay you in time. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Maybe we can talk after this. <laughs> <laughs> but we've just reached the end of this podcast, Richard. Is there anything that you'd like to share, you know, an encouraging word to those who are also in the same journey as yours? Yeah, look, I, I just think yeah, if you're in business, it's pretty full on. There are lots of challenges. So I think it's really important to keep yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically fit, eat right, and sleep well, because there's um, you can get uh, uh, stressed out. There's lots of challenges. There's lots of things that go wrong. But I think if you've got your mind and your body and your spirit is healthy and fit, then that will really help you get through all these challenges. And there will be challenges. There's just no end. Uh, Things just don't go smoothly. They're always up and down. But if you know that and you're prepared for that, um, you'll handle them, no problems. And But I think the big part is just, as I said, having yourself uh, spiritually, mentally, and, and physically fit. Thank you so much, Richard. That's it, guys. You have there Richard Jones, owner of Taha Beverages. Just go to his website if you'd like a taste of this really therapeutic Taha drink. So if you like this content and if you like the content that we've been uh, spreading out online, please do follow us on Facebook. 
at Kahawitea program. We're also in, on YouTube. Just go ahead and find Kahawitea Indigenous e-commerce and click the bell, subscribe to our channel. And yeah, this has been Millie. This is the Kahawitea podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is brought to you by the Kahau ETL program, e-commerce for Indigenous by Indigenous. Thank you, Richard. And Thank you for listening to the Kahau podcast by Kahau ETL program, e-commerce for Indigenous by Indigenous. Support our mission to uplift the lives of 10 million Indigenous people by following us in our social media channels on Instagram and on Facebook at Kahau ETL program. Should you wish to learn e-commerce with us, send us an email at kahau at twh.co.nz. See you next time. Matewa.